Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ah, yeah. Today I'm joined by Martin, a South African performer based in London, who's talking about polyamory and the importance of ethical sluttery. And they were all in a big circle and I was dancing with one of the boys and I made out with him. One of my friends pulled me to the side and was like, you know he has a boyfriend, right? And it just felt kind of like he was trying to cause drama and all of that. So I figured out which one was the boyfriend and walked over to him and made out with him as well. What drama can they be? They've both made out with me now. This is Probably True, stories of queer life and even queerer sex. Please be aware that this podcast contains strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. I would just like to talk about my journey with polyamory. Over the last, I keep saying a year, but it's now been a year and then a year of pandemic. So the last two years. Yeah, 2019 was a real journey for me in discovering how I would like to conduct my love life, I guess is a good way to put it. So how were you conducting it before? As any normal single person would, dating and meeting people on apps and going on a couple dates and then that fizzling out and meeting someone else and all of that. And it kind of begun like that, going on a couple dates with a boy who we could call Matthew. We bumped into each other at a festival and then kind of got chatting and went on some dates and it kind of didn't really pick up much steam but there was something there and while we weren't going to properly date we did end up in each other's beds every now and again we kind of figured out that that was kind of working for us and he became a friends with benefits but attached to those evenings together, we would also like do dinners and movies and cook for each other. And there was a very datey element. And since all of that, he has become more and more important in my life um, to the point where I now call him my poly partner, which is a, or I feel like it's quite a silly term for the two of us to use. I don't know, just to kind of recognize that it's not just a friends with benefits situation and it's something more but we aren't necessarily boyfriends in the traditional sense. That's the kind of title we've settled on for our relationship. And throughout that year, we would take breaks if one of us kind of started seeing someone a bit more seriously and cut off the benefits. That happened a few times on both of our our sides. And then I kind of started realizing at the start of 2020 that... I don't want to cut off those benefits with him when I date other people. I want to incorporate those elements into my love life. And when I date, mention him and some others I've picked up along the way. (laughs) And I'm no longer willing to sever those connections in order to start new ones with other people. Because my little polycule, which is a little network of people in polyamorous relationships, has grown a tiny bit. (laughs) and fluctuated a little bit since the pandemic. But yeah, I'm no longer willing to give up my polycule when I date. 
Then jumping forward a little bit, in the summer of 2019, I met this couple at the same festival, but a year on. It was quite funny because I was running around the festival kissing boys, bumped into some friends, and they were all in a big circle, and I was dancing with one of the boys, and I made out with him. One of my friends pulled me to the side and was like, you know he has a boyfriend, right? And it just felt kind of like he was trying to cause drama and all of that. In my head I was like, well, he wouldn't have kissed me with his boyfriend right there if it was a problem. So I figured out which one was the boyfriend, and walked <laughs> over to him, and made out with him as well. That's definitely one way to approach it. What drama can they be? They've both made out with me now. Continued to spend several hours of the festival making out with the both of them while enjoying live music and dancing along intense outside and went home with that couple. Then found myself kind of in a bit of a situation where I'd be going over and we'd again be cooking each other dinners and going off to movies and theatre and things that felt quite datey to me. The couple were honest in that they told me they weren't really looking for a third or a kind of throuple situation to develop, which was helpful for me to kind of wrap my head around where they're at, where I want to be. And from there, nothing really changed. Like our dynamic hadn't really changed and I still joined them for plenty of things and spent nights at theirs in the middle of their bed, um, which is quite lovely. I would recommend it to anyone being both the big spoon and the little spoon simultaneously. Oh. Cute. I think I'd get too warm. I like I like to be cool. I like to be on an end so I can stick my feet out of the bed or whatever if I need to. But that's just that's me. Fine. Sorry, carry yeah. on. You can be on one side. I like being in the middle. They actually ended up finding Matthew on Grinder, <laughs> And so the four of us kind of got chatting about the new possibilities that were open to us as they got chatting and the four of us went for drinks at a little cocktail bar so that everyone could get to know each other. And after a house party one night, the four of us ended up in bed together. <gasps> How did you all fit? <laughs> on top of one another. Oh my, stackable gaze. In, on, around. And that was a really fun way for me to kind of bring together everyone in what I saw as my little polycule. The couple have since told me that they are no longer wanting to continue our sexual relationship oh. which again is um well you know it's a little bit difficult to hear but i can appreciate the honesty and knowing kind of where i stand with people and and thankfully it hasn't affected our friendship we continue to hang out and do well we did when we could go to theater and stuff and would see each other in the real world but again that kind of honesty of you know everyone knowing where they stand and being open and honest and communicative was really appreciated. Do you get a lot of, oh, you just don't want to settle down, or oh, you're just being greedy? And how have the reactions been from people you know when you've when you've mentioned this? Pretty good. I haven't had any majorly negative reactions. My mother knows, which was interesting. She has been single for like most of my teenage years, and we always had quite a good relationship and could talk about these things. And she's one of the first people I came out to. So yeah, she was really understanding, and as with you, I explained that it's a journey, and I'm still kind of figuring it out for myself and all of that. And when people saw me out and about with the couple, or I invited them to things, the reactions have never been negative. I think people, hopefully in 2021, are fairly understanding of polyamorous connections, which is two or more multiple 
relationships of a romantic or sexual nature occurring concurrently with everyone's knowledge and consent. And then, well, in another like six months on from that, I met another wonderful boy, man, gentleman, who we can call Mitchell while I was on tour. And he also identified as polyamorous, which made it quite easy to then discuss it. Although I haven't been able to see him much, particularly given the current travel restrictions, we have been speaking lots and um, I would consider him a part of my polycule of three. It's just me. Matthew and Mitchell now. I mean, oh, yeah. that's one more than most people. So, you know, well done. <laughs> but again, I, um, I do move through the world like a single person. And I have these wonderful relationships to support me. These two wonderful gentlemen who are there and around and understanding and supportive. I don't necessarily talk to them every day. I don't live with either of them. And so that like level of communication and not having to kind of check in with someone daily works really well for me as a kind of independent person. And we're all living our own separate lives, but are there for each other. And hopefully when things do ease up, can be there for each other a little bit more and I can see a lot more of them. Yeah, I've really found a nice balance in this type of relationship. This is a promo for The Astrolic Explains. A podcast where I, Chris, a non-scientist, ask astronomy questions. And I, Alfredo, as the astroholic, try my best to answer them. So, Doctor, what are black holes? Why is Pluto not a planet? What's up with the sun's poles? Why does Jupiter want us dead? Is Betelgeuse going supernova? How is the universe going to end? Can we hitch a ride on an asteroid? Is there Chris, life this is a 30-second promo. You can find The Astroholic Explains on all your favourite apps or follow at The Astroholic on all social media. If you find yourself spending a lot of time with Matthew, for example, do you feel that you're going to need to balance that with Mitchell so that he doesn't feel left out? The tricky thing is, Matthew and I live in the same city, whereas Mitchell and I do not. So by way of that, Matthew's always going to get a little bit more time with me because he's here. Well, I mean, not so much at the moment, but yeah. And also around that, not just time and attention, but also how much the other wants to hear about that. So how much does Mitchell want to know about Matthew? How much does Matthew want to know about Mitchell? They've never met each other. Managing those situations. But again, it just comes down to communication. And if Matthew doesn't want to hear about Mitchell, I obviously won't tell him. If Mitchell doesn't mind hearing about Matthew, I will tell him everything. We're not trying to create a closed triad. But if they were to meet and got along, that would be great. I'm sure you'd have but a very fun evening if they did. <laughs> but it's not something we're necessarily like aiming for. They are very different people. They do very different things. I don't even know how well they would get along. They don't need to. It, I'm sure at some point they will meet because they are both important to me. But who knows? And then around that kind of communication is also like kind of jealousy. And that's kind of why I bring up how much the other one wants to hear about the other. And again, like splitting your time and energy between the two, like that could lead to some potential jealousy on the other end. But again, I think it all just comes down to talking about these things and checking in. And there's a fantastic chapter on jealousy in The Ethical Slut, which is a good starting point for these kind of conversations. I think the subtitle for that is a guide to ethical non-monogamy and polyamory. And while the book is not perfect, it certainly is a good place to start having all of these conversations around opening things up in a consensual way, 
And again, the chapter on jealousy is really helpful because it kind of says, no one's trying to make you jealous. It's your own emotion that you have to deal with. And while you can certainly talk about that and communicate it to people and kind of manage it together, it's something that you kind of have to own for yourself. Mitchell doesn't get jealous at all, really. I do, a little bit. Um, and because of it, I like to, I find what helps for me is to kind of know as much as possible, like what has happened with other people. So I like to hear all about Matthew's stories when he does see other people, which is kind of hot to get off on. But that isn't what everyone wants. And um, you just kind of have to be understanding and figure out how much information everyone wants and needs and how you can support them through their jealousy if they need and want that support. I mean, it's the same with any relationship. There's definitely this need to be aware of your feelings and, and, and also aware of everyone else's. I imagine it's a little bit like spinning plate when there's more than two of you. Yeah, and I think also like a lot of these principles that help in polyamory help in traditional monogamous relationships. You know, being able to acknowledge that you are still attracted to other people is a, quite a useful thing. And being able to acknowledge that this one person can't give you everything. They can't be your best friend. They can't, you know, maybe they don't like certain things that you really like. And you'd love to take your partner to the theater or hiking. And that's not really what they're into. Being able to, like, acknowledge that, like, okay, my partner's not into that. But here's a good friend, a friends with benefits, or someone else who does really like those things. And I can get what I need in that part of my life with someone else and be that kind of just a friendship or a sexual relationship or a romantic relationship. Being able to understand that like one person can't be out everything is a really useful way, I think, to take some of the pressure off of other relationships and primary default romantic partners. When you're chatting to new people or you're on Grindr or you're going on dates and things, do you find yourself sizing people up to see if they might fit into that polycule? I'm just wondering about the mindset when you're seeing other people outside of your little group. If I was to kind of go on a date with someone per se, go out for drinks and get to know someone else, I would presumably be interested in pursuing a romantic sexual relationship with that person. I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm considering how they would fit into the polycule because, again, they don't have to know the other people in the polycule. They have to know that they exist. They have to have that knowledge. And I do try and kind of get that out now on like a first or a second date. So if they aren't interested in some kind of poly dynamic, they can opt out, um, which is understandable. But there's nothing really to fit into other than me and my life. So if we connect and we get along... That's kind of the only real consideration. I don't have to worry about what Matthew or what Mitchell think about any new people in my life. Because also, Matthew and Mitchell want nothing more than the best for me. Um, oh. And so if that new connection works well and brings me joy, then everyone's happy. Because that's all that we want for each other. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is because... More and more, I see friends who are in monogamous relationships opening things up, and it isn't always in the most considered way. And I think if we were all talking about this a little bit more and like non-traditional relationship dynamics, there would be 
a bit more consideration and communication and things like the ethical slot really help setting people on a path. And so, you know, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about opening up their relationship or entering into a non-monogamous commitment just to really like think long and hard about what they want out of it, what they want with their partner and to, and to communicate those things with said partner, not to be too preachy or anything. And those wants and needs will develop and change. But again, you just have to continue to communicate that so that everyone can provide informed consent. Always important. Yeah. Enthusiastic <laughs> and informed consent. If you had to give advice to someone who was finding that monogamous relationships, for whatever reason, are not ticking their box, are not as fulfilling as they'd like, what would your advice be? Oh, I mean, it's a little tricky because if you are already in a relationship, you then have to change the terms of that relationship, which is difficult. But you can either remain unhappily in that monogamous commitment <laughs> or you can find um, new ways to kind of connect. And I suppose, yeah, it's easier if you're single because you're not imploding anything that already exists. But again, I think it comes down to honesty and ha just communicating your feelings and kind of taking it from there seeing if your partner is also open to those ideas and maybe they don't want that for themselves but are happy for you to go and get some on the side. Yeah, so I think the best thing to do is really just to communicate and talk and I know that these conversations can be so hard because I've had to have a few of them and it's not always the most easy thing to talk about but I think once you get over those conversations it makes things so much better. If people want to find you on the internet, where are you? On most socials, at Marty Charlie, M-A-R-T-I-C-H-A-R-L-I. And that's where you can find me posting pictures of my life. If they want to apply to be the next part of your polycule. <laughs> oh God, what have you unleashed there? <laughs> that was probably true. The multi-award winning storytelling podcast created to remind all of our queer siblings that we are none of us alone. If you like what you heard and you want me to keep doing it, you can support the show at patreon.com forward slash probably true. This week's Patreon compliments go to Thomas, who doesn't need a surname. He's known well enough as Thomas, maker of lovely cups of tea. And Norman Fork, who is so considerate they would always make sure that they weren't taping over your old episodes of Inspector Morse. If you can spare a couple of quid, please consider supporting me on Patreon. That way I get to keep making this rather than getting a real job. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash probably true. And then you too can have a compliment just like these. As well as the lovely warm feeling that comes from knowing that you've kept an idiot like me off the streets. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.